Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Texans. I'm Robert Land, and it's time for our weekly Texans trivia show. Let me quickly set up the format in case you're a first-timer. Joining me to ask the questions is one of the most knowledgeable NFL fans. You'll find Andy Rio for years. He's been a football fantasy writer. Me and Andy go way back, uh, back to college and journalism school. And before you could rely on Wikipedia for answers, I could just go to Andy, and he knew everything going on in the NFL. And I'll be trying to outwit my weekly Texans trivia competitor, veteran Houston statistician, Adam Pena, he's worked on local and national sports broadcast over many years. It's a good chance if you've watched an Astros or maybe a Texans game over the years that maybe you've seen Adam's numbers that he's come up with. They've come up up on the screen and were researched and checked by him. We call it Texans trivia, but we'll mix in some occasional Oilers and even gamblers. So it's pro football and Houston related material. And Andy, I will ask a few questions, or I'm sorry, Andy will ask a few questions each week. And as of now, I've got the 10-5 advantage on Adam, but it could all change this week. So let's get started. Andy, what's the first question? All right. Well, with the uh, Texans uh, squaring off with the Colts this week, uh, first question is, in what year did the Texans finally beat the Colts? Oh, boy. Yeah, that took a while, didn't it? Um, <laughs> I don't think that happened really quickly. I'm, I want to say... Uh, because I'm thinking, Adam, I'm thinking of when Arian Foster had that huge game, maybe in 2009 or 2010. I, it, it's hard to believe that might have been that late, but it, it seemed like it took a while. So maybe 2010. Incorrect. I would say 2004. Also incorrect. The correct answer is 2006. Who was the guy that started that? Was that a Derek Carr game? Well, the guy who won it was Chris Brown on a late field goal. It was actually the last game the Colts lost that year when they went on to win the Super Bowl. I wonder if that was also the year of the, the Rosencopter. Was that at, that had to be at at home and at NRG though, right? It was an NRG. Well, I was actually just about to ask some questions regarding the Ro- the famous Rosencopter game that took place in two thousand eight. Oh, let's go to that. That sounds good. Who was the player for the Colts that scored the defensive touchdown on the Rosencopter play? Hmm. Oh, was it that safety? What was the safety? He was really good. Uh, the guy that was smaller safety that ended up his career got cut short. Was that the guy? You're thinking of Bob Sanders, and no, that was not the guy. Oh man, I'm totally stumped. Then it wasn't it wasn't Freeney or Mathis. I don't think. No, it was not Freeney or Mathis. I'm trying to. I'm stumped on the year again. What game and what year was that? Two thousand. Two thousand eight, early in the season. Okay, mm, I don't know any if it was a defensive back or if he was. I, I'm still trying to recall the game, uh, the game and who scored it. So I, I'm stumped as well. It was uh, Gary Brackett, who was a solid uh, middle linebacker for the Colts during that uh, 
good era they had, and he was part of the Super Bowl champion team. Yeah, Adam, I think me and Adam were both trying to forget everything about that game as much as possible. That might explain why we don't remember that one. (laughs) Well, I got one more question relating to that game, so hold the memories for just a little bit longer. What do you got? Alrighty. Who was the Colt that scored the game-winning touchdown in that game? The Rosencopter play actually didn't decide the game. Right, yeah, no, because then they, they, they kicked off, and I guess the Colts got the ball back and, and then scored the winning touchdown. Uh, Adam, do you have a guess that's off the top of your head? I'll, I'll have to think about it for a second. The tight end, is it Dallas Clark? No, that is incorrect. I'm going to go with an obvious guy from that era, Marvin Harrison, maybe. No, it would be probably the other really obvious guy from that era, Reggie Wayne. Well, I was about ready to say that was my next guess. So, yeah, um, I was either thinking tight end or the number two receiver at the time, which was Reggie, Re- Reggie Wayne. But he was also actually 1A, not number two, because uh, him and Harrison were really, really good together. He was the B to Harrison's A for a while, but then they kind of both became 1A, and then Wayne became the A eventually, and even uh, you know had a big year in Luck's first season. Another great receiver out of the U, so um, another future Hall of Famer coming from Indianapolis, so yeah. I'm going to actually uh, challenge you guys on a little bit of broader NFL knowledge with this question, but it does come from an interesting factoid involving a Texans player. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins became the third wide receiver in NFL history at the age of 23 or younger with 1,400 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns in a season. There were two other wide receivers that accomplished that, and uh, that's my question. Who were the other two wide receivers? In the modern era you're talking about? These are more modern era players. Yes, that's right. Let me go ahead and take a stab at this. First, Randy Moss. You got it. Randy Moss is one of the two. That's correct. You want to take a stab at the next one, Robert? I'm going to say Calvin Johnson. Incorrect. Isaac Bruce. Ooh, and I wouldn't have gotten the second one. My other guess would have been, or at least attempted to say, Jerry Rice. Yeah. I mean, I, early in his career, Isaac Bruce was a little more obscure to a lot of fans. Always a great player, but... Uh, he certainly became famous during the greatest show on turf era. Yeah, for those who haven't heard me tell this story, I, I should mention that uh, back in when he went to the Super Bowl with the Rams and the greatest show on turf and they were playing the Titans, I was covering that game for the CBS station in Memphis and I was on the field shooting the game and I was shooting the game as Isaac Bruce caught the game-winning touchdown, as you guys might remember back in that Super Bowl. And it was a about a 70-yard touchdown, something of that nature, and he ran straight into the corner of the end zone right at me. So if you're you're watching that highlight on NFL Films, look for the guy in the corner. Everybody's wearing all the same. The, the green vest I think you had to wear as a videographer or photographer on the sideline. But I was right there for that one. And the amazing thing in that story is that Isaac Bruce is a University of Memphis guy, and he was the only University of Memphis guy on the field. And, of course, I was – covering the game for the CBS in Memphis. And, you know, we covered the Memphis Tigers, obviously, very consistently. That was the football team in Memphis without an NFL team. So uh, that was something pretty consistent. Isaac Bruce, a forgotten, as you said, Andy, that that was a great quarterback. And I think he gets lost in the shuffle of some of the better – I mean, not quarterback, but wide receiver – gets lost in the shuffle of the better wide receivers from that whole time period. 
that was a good error right there. That was good uh, with Mike Martz and uh, that system right there. That kind of reminded you or reminded me of the old San Diego Chargers back in the 80, early 80s with Fouts, John Jefferson, Charlie Joyner, and uh, Chuck Muncie in them. So, yeah, that's that was a good era. Got good West Coast type of offense. Yeah, definitely a, a very fun team to watch. Adam gets a half a point for that one, or are you going to give him a full one? Andy? Oh, he gets a full point for that. Okay, that's fine with me. 10-6. <laughs> All right, well, back uh, closer to the Texans. Where did Whitney Merciless play in college? I got this one. Yeah, I got Illinois. it too. Yep, I think nope. we both had that one. Okay, I'll give you both credit for that. Yeah, he's a he's a guy that uh, has really come out as a player in the last couple of years, and it's amazing what happens that all of a sudden, when you come out and, and become a great player, all of a sudden you're on television and you're doing the radio shows and everything like that. And he's the guy; he's one of the go, become one of the real go-to guys in the locker room. But seems like a really good guy, real easy to deal with, and. Uh, Enjoy covering Whitney Merciless, and boy, it's such a nice thing when you thought that he might have been just eh, not the greatest first-round pick in history those first couple of years, but you got to give this guy credit, and that tells you that uh, Andy and Adam, you guys have seen this over the years. You know, sometimes we're expecting these guys to be fantastic those first two years in the NFL or first year in the NFL, and it takes time. You can't call guys bust, and C.J. Fedorowicz is another perfect example of that, the way the, with what he's done this this past year. Exactly, he's really come around. Another one, yeah, and you, right, rightfully so. Another pick uh, that I'm still kind of disappointed with uh, let go was Mario Williams, and I'm still wondering what it would have been like if he would have stayed here. But is he's having a down season this year in Miami, and I, I just think that. Uh, you're right. Uh, that first season he played with uh, the Texans, uh, he didn't bode well, but he ended up getting. Uh, right now he's coming. Or he's closing in on 100 career sacks for his career. So I thought you're right. He it took him a while to blo- blossom, so to speak. But in in the long run, you got to give some of these picks some time. He had injuries, if you remember. There was he had some things that nagging injuries off and on. It it was not maybe the same as Clowney, but there was some similarities where he was in and out of the lineup a lot. Clowney finally missing his first game this past week. But Clowney, for the most part, this year, it's, uh, you know, knock on wood, you know, he's been out there. Yeah, a lot of similarities between those two. So you got one more? Yeah, I got one more for you. Of course, obviously, uh, many would consider J.J. Watt uh, the greatest uh, first-round pick in Texans history. You could certainly make a case for Andre Johnson, but uh, J.J. came later in the draft. But uh, what Super Bowl MVP was drafted before J.J. Watt? Hmm. Oh, boy. Boy, that's a good one. 2011. Let me see. Um... I think Cam Newton was in that draft class, but he wasn't the MVP. <laughs> right, right. Well, then, uh, in that same era, same Super Bowl, would it be uh, Von Miller? That's right. It is Von Miller. Okay, there we go. Yeah, you got that one. I was figuring he was right around that same era. So Adam has uh, has played some catch-up this week. Uh, going into the week, Robert had a 10-5 to lead, and now it's going to be cut to 11-8. to Slowly but surely. I knew you would make a comeback. I, I, I knew that was going to happen at some point. So that's great. Andy, one of the things that uh, I wanted to touch on before we go is I know a lot of people that may have 
followed us back to our Houston Sports Talk days, we, we used to have you on talking a little fantasy football here and there, and you're a fantasy football writer for years and years. You, you wrote for 4for4.com and some other publications. Let me just get your thoughts on the Texans in the, in this week because uh, we, we don't talk about it too much, but what would be the fantasy plays, if any, of the Texans players this week against the Colts? The Colts' defense – Obviously not one of the better defenses in the NFL. We saw on Monday night against the Jets that they, they might have looked okay, but, again, that's the Jets. So is there is there a play among that you would be excited about if you were a fantasy owner among the Texans players? Well, I mean, it's all going to depend on his health, but, I mean, it's important to note, uh, of course, that uh, Lamar Miller had two touchdowns and 149 yards rushing in the previous meeting with the Colts. I mean, in a lot of cases, I mean, you're probably going to be starting him anyway. So I would I would look at him potentially as an option. And if there's any chance he might be dinged, I mean, maybe even Alfred Blue could be a wild card in some leagues. C.J. Fedorowicz, he's not going to have the biggest ceiling among tight ends. But uh, since Osweiler seems to look for him a lot, uh, he can certainly uh, contribute as a starter for many teams, especially in PPR leagues, because he catches a lot of those dump-offs around the line of scrimmage. Uh, it was nice to see DeAndre Hopkins get a touchdown this week. You know, depending on, uh, you know, your roster situation and everything, I mean, it's it's hard to bench Hopkins, even though it's been a down year for him. It's certainly not his fault that his quarterback hasn't been very good. The Colts' defense, again, is not great. So it would it would be an okay spot to use Hopkins. Be a little more hesitant to use Will Fuller, who tends to be more of a hit-or-miss player. Potentially the Texan with the most upside this week is Lamar Miller. Yeah, Lamar Miller has been interesting because the thing with him is he's had so many nicks and injuries I don't feel like he's been used very well by the Texans coaching staff. I've kind of railed about them getting the guy more outside, going with the zone blocking scheme, which he looks more comfortable with. When he's running straight up the middle, it's not good. And when he had a success against the Colts earlier this year, I remember exactly what happened. He got outside and he went around the left side of the line, around Dwayne Brown. I think Fedorowicz might have been helping. You talk about Fedorowicz, the wide receiver, the blocker Fedorowicz, I think, might have helped him a little bit there too, but that's where you really felt like he had some success. Lamar Miller could do something, but he's nicked up a lot. He's got a bunch of injuries, and I, I could see them playing now that Alfred Blue's back. You remember, if he, some fans are going to remember that he missed a couple of weeks there, but he was back and had a really good week against Green Bay, so wouldn't be surprised if he got some carries. It's It's really a mess right now as far as if you're a fantasy person and trusting which running back that they're going to go with. But they've been, but Andy's right. They've been pretty consistent as far as making Lamar Miller the main guy and, and giving him a lot of carries. I just I don't know if they're going to try to mix it up a little bit more this week, but that that's definitely a, a pretty good option, especially against that Colts defense for sure. And Hopkins did have nine catches against the Colts earlier this year for 71 yards. So if he can – he can do that. That's certainly going to help fantasy teams, no doubt about it, especially in those PPR leagues, of course. That's a big one for the Texans this week. We'll talk about it in our Texans postgame show. Make sure to listen to that one. We're going to have that out on Sunday night. As usual, it's going to be a crucial game for the Texans on the road against Indianapolis, and we know the Texans' struggles over the years there. Let's wrap up the Locked On Texans trivia. Thanks to 
both Adam and Andy for doing another great job. If you're new to the podcast, it's all Texans all the time, Monday through Friday. We're all part of the Locked On Network of Podcasts, the fastest-growing sports audio network in the world, a podcast for every NFL and NBA team. There's even a Locked On Fantasy. If you do like fantasy football, and check that out. If you want a daily dose of raw 